Well, the Lord be with you. This is our Christmas Eve service, finding space for Jesus in our lives. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, by the birth of Jesus Christ, you gave yourself to the world. Grant that by being born in our hearts, he may save us from all our sins and restore within us the image and likewise of a creator to whom be everlasting praise and glory, world without end. Amen. For the lighting of our Advent candle and the Christ candle, we'll read responsibly. To a people longing for hope and yearning for deliverance, the prophet Isaiah declared, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness on them has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tonight we come seeking hope, peace, joy, and love, and we find these things in a child. God made flesh as a baby in a manger a baby who is both the beginning and the end of our salvation, who dwells with us even now, our Emmanuel, God with us. We live as people in, in between who celebrate the arrival of the light that shines in lost and broken places as we wait for the day when we will live in the fullness of God's kingdom. We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope our just peace, our fierce joy, the love that transforms us, and Jesus Christ, our wondrous light. May the light burning in our hearts guide us, comfort us, protect us, and tend us in all seasons and circumstances, reminding us that day and night, in the light and in the darkness, God is with us. Our salvation has come. Amen.
reading the Christmas story from Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that had taken place while Quintus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. be reading Luke 2 verses 5 through 7. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests.
I'll be reading Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Finding space for Jesus in our lives. One of the things that gets thrown around uh, in the Christmas reading, especially in the old King James, is there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, it's a great preaching point and gets used quite a lot. I think what we imagined for that first Christmas was much like uh, my family vacations of old. When I was uh, a child, we would leave for Myrtle Beach around 9 p.m. on uh, July 3rd and head for the beach. And at this point in time, the uh, family vehicle was a 1977 Ford LTD. And compared to cars today, this car was massive. In those days, we thought seatbelts were for decoration. There were no seatbelt laws then. We were simply advised to buckle up. So on the trip down, my sister slept in the back seat. I slept in the back window. And we would arrive at the beach around uh, 5, 6 in the morning, eat breakfast, and start looking for a hotel room. And my father, for some reason, did not believe in reservations. And we would usually spend the better part of the day listening to there is no room available, no vacancy and I think this is a picture that many people have when we think of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem, that Joseph, uh, for some reason, didn't make reservations. There was no room at the Holiday Inn, no room at Days Inn, and even all the lights were out at the Motel 6. And as uh, one friend told me, there's a reason they live the, leave those lights on. And I think that, you know, we have this picture of Joseph. And he begged one mean old innkeeper until he just finally gave them a, a stable for the price of a suite. But this isn't really a, a correct reading of our passage. When we read there was no room for them in the inn, you know, first off, the word inn is, an, is a mistranslation. In the Greek, the word actually means guest room, which the NIV takes to correct. Um, in, in the average first century home in Palestine, there would have been four rooms. And the, the home would have been built in front of a cave. And the first room would have been the kitchen, dining, common area. The second room would have been a bedroom for the parents. And the third room would have been a bedroom for the children slash guest room. And have you, and the fourth room, of course, would have been the cave itself. And have you ever had family or friends from out of town and you had to give up your bedroom? That would have been the guest room. And of course, they would keep the animals in the cave 
to keep them out of the cold and away from thieves. Now, there was no hotel, no inn in Bethlehem. The shady innkeeper, of course, is an invention to give the tradition a little more depth. In that part of the world, uh, to this day, hospitality is extremely important. So for weary travelers, they would extend to them their hospitality and give them their guest room for the evening. And also consider this, that Joseph had been born and raised in Bethlehem, meaning he probably had family there. So when it says there was no room for them, Luke is telling us there's no room for them in Joseph's family's guest room. His own family doesn't have room for him. And there's an educated guess for this problem. You know, maybe maybe there were other relatives already there and the guest room is already filled up. Or if they were following Levitical law, Mary being pregnant and about to give birth would have been considered ritually unclean while giving birth and would remain ritually unclean until the flow of blood stopped. And not only would she be unclean, but everything she touched would be considered unclean. So the educated guest is not wanting to make the guest room as well as the rest of the house unclean. Mary and Joseph were put in the cave with the animals, which was already ritually unclean. Any way you imagine this, it just looks bad. You can imagine Mary thinking, it shouldn't be like this. The Son of God shouldn't be born in such a place. But if you know anything about Luke's gospel, you know that it is the gospel of reversal. That the first will be last and the last will be first. The story we have before us is a story of what God values and what the world values. Luke mentions Caesar Augustus. This is his formal title. Luke is talking about Octavian, the man who would oversee Rome's transition from a republic to an empire. He would be the first emperor of Rome. He lived in a massive palace among many servants, had unbelievable power. And the king of kings and the lord of lords, on the other hand, was born in a one red light town. He would say, blessed are the poor. And in terms of power, he would say, I have come not to serve, or I have come not to be served, but to serve. People in the empire would shout, Caesar is lord. In direct defiance, Christians would make it their first creed to say that Jesus is Lord. And people would say that Caesar has brought peace to the empire. Speaking of the Pax Romana, Roman peace, which was won and kept through fear and conquest. But Luke states that Jesus brings real and lasting peace to our warring souls. Paul would tell us that Jesus is our peace and perfect love would drive out fear. Jesus was born in a manger in a ritually unclean area, meaning that the Son of God would have been ritually unclean. And so his mission in life was to tell all those who were unclean, cast aside the outcast and the poor, that there was room for them in God's house. 
for the tax collectors that everyone hated, for the sinners that everyone looked down upon. Even the thief on the cross were told that there were room for them in God's kingdom. And my friends, there is room for you at God's table. And may the mission of the church be the mission of Christ. When the world says there's no room for you, it's Christ who says there is room for all in God's family. But just as God found room for you in his life, we have to find space for Christ in our lives. What would it look like for you to find space for Christ in your life? What would you have to change? What priorities would have to be shifted? What would you have to let go of? And what would you have to add to make room for Christ in your life? For the most part, when you ask a question like that, people say something about reading the Bible and prayer. And those are good places which you should return to often, daily. But it's not enough to read the words of the Bible without some form of obedience to God's way of living. Through your Bible reading, how are you cultivating a life-changing obedience to God's way that is creating space for Christ in your life as you are following Christ more and more closely? When we approach prayer, many people think only in terms of a prayer of intercession, which is not a bad thing. But prayer should be more than just throwing words at God. You should take time to listen for the Lord's voice in your life as you go about your day. The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook lists 17 different ways that you can enter life with God through prayer. The most important part of prayer, though, is aligning your life with God's will and God's purpose in the world. And to do this, we need to create space where we are listening as a form of prayer. I would also offer to you the membership vows of the United Methodist Church that you would give your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness as a way to create space as you invite Christ into your life. Through your prayers, you listen for the Lord, aligning your life with God's purpose. You can create space for Christ through your presence as you find ways to bless God and others, not only in the church, but in your own home and in your community. You can create space for Christ through your giving, Give of yourself that you above all else know that you are putting Christ in that number one slot in your life through the use of your money, your time, and your talents. And create space in life through service. Not just volunteerism, but by giving yourself to God's work in the world like his work with the poor and the less fortunate as described at the end of Matthew 25. And create space in your life through your witness. As you witness for Christ, live God's way in the world. 
as a witness for Christ, speak his love. Speak his forgiveness. Speak his grace into the lives of others and into your own life. So my friends, over the next 12 days of Christmas and into the new year, I ask you, how will you find space for Christ in your hearts and in your life? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. As the light of Christ is carried out into the world, may his light burn in your life. May his light always be present with you. And may you have a blessed and merry Christmas. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.